News, sports, AccuWeather, and more. Wake up with the information you need on WKOK Sunrise on News Radio 1070 WKOK and WKOK.com. Thank you so much for joining us on WKOK Sunrise, the fabulous. <laughs> there just isn't anybody fabulous, sir. That would be Rob Center, our great producer. So we really, really, really are super appreciative of his help and hard work. On the news line with us now, movie Mike McGranahan, professional movie critic, women in cinema advocate, author of at least two books. And they say everybody with two books has another one just waiting. At IO Seat is where you should do what I do, and that's follow him on Twitter. We followed him throughout the Sundance Film Festival and his website, IOSeat.com. Don't watch anything on the boob tube without checking out IOSeat.com first. Good morning, sir. Thanks for calling in today. Good morning. Very much appreciate that. All right. Malcolm and Marie. I saw the trailer and I just was just left with a big question mark. What was your view on that particular film? Well, Netflix debuts its new original film, Malcolm and Marie, today. John David Washington is Malcolm, and Zendaya is Marie. They're literally the only two people in this movie. He's a director. She's his girlfriend and muse. They return home from his big premiere, but what should be a celebratory night goes south after they get into a quarrel. The evening is spent fighting, then making love, then fighting again, then making more love, then going back to the fighting, and, well, you get the picture. To say they have a love-hate relationship would be an understatement. The fighting eventually reveals some fundamental resentments between them. Now, watching two people viciously argue with each other for 106 minutes may not sound entertaining, even with those lovemaking breaks, and I'll admit, it does become a little exhausting by the end. That said, Malcolm and Marie is worth seeing for the performances. John David Washington and Zendaya light the screen on fire. They create an authentic portrait of a dysfunctional romance. At the same time, we also sense that these characters care about each other deeply at some level. The strong work from the stars is enough to earn Malcolm and Marie a mild recommendation. On a scale of one to four, I give it three relationship counselors. <laughs> I thought the trailer was torturous. So you're saying they're going to draw me in with this fabulous acting. The performances are so good, and what's interesting is because it is 106 minutes of this couple fighting, you start to really go deep into what their relationship issues are. And by the end, they've gotten to the bottom of it. They've gotten to the core thing that causes them to fight. And it's really kind of interesting to watch them go on that path. Now, like I said, it is basically two people fighting with each other for that amount of time, but in terms of examining a relationship and the issues that can fester if they're not addressed, it's really kind of an insightful film, and the two stars are so good in this, and they really keep you hooked. So it's on Netflix. You don't have to pay 7 or 10 bucks to go see it in the theater. You can hit play on it and see if you like it, and if you don't, you can turn it off, but I would recommend at least giving it a shot. Okay, and tell me more about this acting. The actors, who are they? Where have I seen them? And uh, tell me just a little bit more about the talent that we see displayed. John David Washington is the son of Denzel Washington. He was the lead in Spike Lee's Black Klansman a few years ago. More recently, we saw him in Tenet this summer. And Zendaya, of course, started off in uh, Disney Channel 
TV shows. Now his uh, popular HBO show called Euphoria that I'm told is very good. She also appeared in The Greatest Showman and some other movies, the Spider-Man films most recently. And uh, they really have good chemistry together. He's a little bit older than she is, and that creates another interesting dynamic in the movie, too, a little bit of an older man-younger woman relationship. But uh, here's a case where you take two really talented actors, and when you put them together, they develop this incredible chemistry. And you were a fan of Tenet, as I recall. Yeah, I enjoyed Tenet. It was an interesting movie. Not Christopher Nolan's best, but I certainly had fun watching it. Okay, super. All right, so you recommend this uh, film, uh, three and a half, what, or three, rather, three, what, dysfunctional? Three relationship counselors. Uh, counselors, okay. People need it. Do you do relationship counseling? Uh, no, no, that's not part of my okay. film critic job. Do you, as you were sitting there, were you thinking, oh my gosh, well, I could help them? Yeah, I think that's interesting. You know, you, it, the movie makes you a fly on the wall in their home, and so you do sit there and think, well, if I were in the room right now, I would tell them to do this, or I would tell them to do that. So in some ways, I guess you could say it's an interactive movie in that sense. Yes, I should tell folks if they're not figuring it out, Mike is, is a counselor, a licensed professional counselor. Is that the right wording? For, uh, uh, yeah, close okay. enough. Okay, so that is uh, Mike. All right, so three relationship counselors for that particular film. Uh, you were at Sundance for a while. Tell us about that, uh, virtually, of course, but uh, all day long appearance. Yeah, last week was the Sundance Film Festival, arguably the most important film festival in the United States. Normally it's held in Park City, Utah this year because of COVID-19. It was held virtually, and so I attended it virtually. I watched, uh, I think, 15 or 16 movies over the course of just a few days of the festival. And the big story to come out of Sundance this year is a movie called Coda. And remember that title because you're hearing it here first. This movie is about a teenage girl who is the only hearing member of her deaf family. And she has to decide whether to stay and help them with their fishing business, which is running into some complications or follow her dream of going to college to study music because her school choir teacher tells her that she has an amazing voice and could become a significant singer. Now this movie uh, premiered at the opening night of the Sundance Film Festival and immediately launched a bidding war. Apple in the end paid $25 million for the rights to distribute CODA and then after they paid that $25 million the film went on to become the big winner at the Sundance Awards ceremony that night or on the final night earning the Audience Award as Best Film, the Grand Jury Award as Best Dramatic Film and uh, several other acting awards, a Special Jury Award for Ensemble Cast an award for Best Director so CODA really was the hot movie at Sundance this year and it is great. This is a movie that is a crowd pleaser. People are going to love this film when it comes out, uh, presumably sometime this year. I always ask you to compare it to other great films that are out there. So, Ian, it sounds like this defies a, a set category per se, but uh, tell us about, uh, you know, sort of some comparables, if you can. Well, Sundance has given us a lot of movies that are very uh, warm human comedy dramas. Juno was one, Little Miss Sunshine was another. So I would say that Coda kind of falls in the same category with them. Uh, there are parts of the movie that are very, very funny. It has a good sense of humor about itself. It's something that makes you feel very good at the end. You get a little choked up at the climax of this movie. It's got some great dramatic scenes, too, involving this family and the pressure that the girl is under. So I would put in a category with movies like that.
All right, and tell us what else you learned or saw or gathered or will be telling us about in the future at the Sundance Film Festival. One of my other favorite movies was a documentary called Street Gang, How We Got to Sesame Street, which looks at the creation of the very popular children's TV show that so many of us grew up watching and the children today continue to watch. And the film goes behind the scenes and has the people who were there telling the story of how they formulated the show, how they worked with educators and psychologists to create something that would be educational for children, how they were trying to appeal primarily to inner-city children, some of the creative decisions that were made. And there's a lot of fascinating behind-the-scenes footage of the Muppeteers at work. Uh, That is from HBO Documentary Films, and that is going to to be on HBO uh, sometime later this year. And then my other favorite film was a documentary called The Sparks Brothers, which was directed by Edgar Wright, the guy who made Shaun of the Dead and Scott Pilgrim vs. the World and Baby Driver. And this is his first documentary. And it's a look at the rock band Sparks, who have had, they've been around for like five different decades now, but have never really broken through. And his movie attempts to argue that they are one of the greatest rock bands of all time. And I think he makes that argument pretty well. So that's another film, The Sparks Brothers, uh, coming out of Sundance that I think really has a chance to break into the mainstream. All right, so we'll watch for that. Anything else from Sundance you want to give us good information about? Uh, Yeah, Robin Wright's directorial debut is called Land. And she plays a woman who goes off the grid. She's grieving, and she goes and moves into a cabin on the side of a mountain where she's not prepared to live. And uh, that's another really terrific film with a great performance from her. That's going to open in theaters next week. Uh, So Land is another one to look out for. All right. Well, we will look out for that. Uh, Thank you for that uh, update. Very much appreciated. Let's see. What else is cooking uh, lately? We had to say goodbye to Hal Holbrook. Boys, what a mainstay in so many films. Yeah, Hal Holbrook, the veteran uh, veteran stage and screen actor, best known for his Tony-winning portrayal of Mark Twain, died on January 26th at his home in Beverly Hills. He was 95. Of course, he won the Tony Award for the play Mark Twain Tonight, in which he played Mark Twain. Also had numerous film appearances, including All the President's Men, one of my favorite movies, in which he played Deep Throat. Uh, He was also in Wall Street, The Firm, Lincoln. His final film appearance came in 2015's Blackway, and he was nominated for Best Supporting Actor in 2007 for Into the Wild, which is another one of my favorite performances from him. So, uh, Hal Holbrook, a great actor, dead at the age of 95. All right, that's tough. Yeah, we're losing. We lost quite a few really spectacular actors uh, lately. So, uh, that is uh, a legacy that we remember them and, and talk to them. So, we're glad that uh, we got to see their talents. Uh, what will you be reviewing next as we say goodbye here? Uh, Yes, there's a movie opening next week called Judas and the Black Messiah, which I've already screened, so I will be uh, giving you a review of that next week. And in the meantime, I'm just going to take a day or two off after seeing so many movies at Sundance. Right, you are a busy guy. There's no doubt about that. We'll we'll look for a quiet time on Twitter and uh, hit your website, aisleseat.com, when we need more information. Thank you so much, Movie Mike. We'll see you at the movies. Thank you. That is Movie Mike McGranahan, professional movie critic. His website, ILC.com, member uh, staff writer for Ranker and a member of the Critics' Choice Association and Online Film Critics Society.